Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that your girl is on Patreon. What else is going on podcast, aka Wego, W-E-I-G-O, is on Patreon. So if you feel so inclined and want to support your girl that way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Wego podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wego podcast, W-E-I-G-O podcast. Now, if you don't want to be on a monthly recurring thing, I totally understand that. But if you want to support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Wego, W-E-I-G-O. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash W-E-I-G-O. Because you know, a girl be trying to put in some work and a coffee could help me stay awake. So those are your two options. And if you don't want to do either of those things, if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends, I would love that. Now on to the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Today, you will hear part one of me and Amanda talking. We had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful chat. So you'll hear part one and then part two will drop tomorrow, Wednesday. Hope you enjoy. Bye. The following podcast is a CJ Media Production. Welcome to the What Else Is Going On podcast, the intersection where pop culture life and real life meet up. Get ready to deep dive into all things reality TV and the dichotomy of loving the game, but not necessarily the players when they start to reflect real life issues like deep seated discrimination and a world rooted in racism. Feeling conflicted because I love. And I also have to chant Black Lives Matter. Buckle your seatbelts and brace yourself, because my foot is off the brake and this intersection gets busy. So come along for the ride so we can see what else is going on. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. I would have been so ready at the last second. My basement doors here and my clothes are down there. I'm like, oh my God, I just came from a workout. I'm like, I gotta throw on my sweatshirt. My my arms are almost there, not quite, almost there. Good for you working out though, that's awesome. Listen, because we have the bike here, but we still have, like I lowered my gym membership for weights, but I've been buying weights right? um, just in case this starts again. Right. You never know. No, right. So I'm like, let me hurry up. And I had timed it good. My reminder came up. Remind me tomorrow. Okay. I had timed it really good. And then I went upstairs to use the bathroom. I had my water, my tea, everything set. And then you know how you're like, oh, I have three minutes so I can run a lap around the world and do a whole bunch of different things. And yes. I was like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. That happened to me today. I've had such a crazy day. So I don't know if you saw my post, but we were gone for the weekend for my husband's birthday and we came home and there was a baby bat in my house. I did um, not see that or I would have texted you immediately. Um, it was like Wendy with T'Challa. I was freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> like, I was like, are you kidding me? Why is there a bat in my house? Like I could, I did not know what to do. So the, this guy came to like check everything out. He thinks that it came in through the chimney. So we're going to have to like, seal that off. And, and I'm like, I'm so freaked out. That's Amanda, that would have been me. My husband would have been like, um, are you coming in the house? No, 
I'll be outside with all the other bats, but then I'm fine with them outside, but I'm not fine with them in my house. Wait, that's a good point. I'll be outside. There's a thousand out there. That is a really good point. Um, I'm just happy to see your face. And I'm so happy. I cannot believe that. Oh, how was your weekend with the hubby? Oh, it was nice. And I mean, it's kind of weird right now with birthdays. It felt so anticlimactic. I felt bad, but you know, I mean, especially, you know, every year it's like, okay, another birthday, another birthday. He didn't really want to do much for it. So we tried to celebrate as much as we could, but um, yeah, we ate outside a bunch and I mean, the weather was gorgeous. Yes. Yep. And it's in that fresh air. Yes. So nice. And you know, fall's coming and I love spooky season, but I'm like, not about the bats in my house. Like that's not, (laughs) that is funny. So it was like, Amanda, (laughs) hey sis, I'm here. Fall is here. I'm like, no. (laughs) Oh my, with the cell, where did you got, if you don't mind me asking, because I'm so my birthday was in April, the height of when all this started. So there was no, and our 19 year anniversary is September 15th. So I'm just like, oh, I'm fine with like staying. And he's like, I want to do, I want to celebrate us somehow. Of course we know that we can't, we're not getting on planes or anything, but maybe we were thinking about doing something local where it's like, even if we stayed in a hotel with, with, um, cause they have like the self check-ins now where you don't talk to anyone, yes. and, you know, you have to keep on your mask. So I'm, I'm still kind of like back and forth and it's crazy. Cause when I started looking, well, let me see what hotels have sanitation in this and what have they done and all this other stuff. I started almost getting excited again, like, like to spend the night away from my house, right? You know, just him and I, and my, um, my oldest daughter could stay the, the, um, two nights with my kids, even though, of course, my 18 year old is like, mom, I would have been away in a dorm right now if this, but still, you know, you're just like, it's different. It's like, for me, even as a 31 year old, if I went and stayed with my parents for a week, if I was out late, my mom would text me like, when are you going to be home? Like she doesn't usually care, but when you're home, your parents, you're the parent, you're in charge. Well, We went to visit some friends. So um, our friends live in New Jersey and we went to visit them and they've been like super precautious with everything. You know, we I'm were from in, Jersey. Yeah, I know. We were in Hoboken. So we, got okay. to, yeah. so we got to see New York City from a distance. Normally, <laughs> yes. normally we go into the city, but obviously that wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, but so they've been super precautious. We've been really careful. So and they've been getting tested a lot just because of the area that they lived in. Actually, up there, it's been better because they've been so careful. Yes. Yep. So, and we obviously drove, so we felt good about that, but I do have a recommendation for a place for you to go. So I have to find the name of it, but my friends just went and it's like this cabin and it's in Virginia in like, I want to say the Shenandoah area. And it's like, you can rent a cabin. It's just like a one bedroom cabin and each one has a hot tub. So it's just like a little getaway. And it's, you know, it's obviously its own cabin. So you don't even have to go in and check in anywhere. Right. So that might be a good option. And because we love TV, we bond over TV. So as long as we have like, like we can <laughs> yes. binge watch something that would, that would be the ultimate, you know, yes. like, cause oh. my friend went, cause my friend's pregnant. So they wanted to go away for, I think it was an anniversary trip. And she's like, well, where am I going to go? Cause I'm like being really careful, you know? Right. And so she told me about it and I was like, that place sounds awesome. And it's really just like a little getaway and it's right. private and every, there's a hot tub. Like, I mean, she couldn't really get in it, but her husband got in it. That's so. what I was going <laughs> to say, like right there. And then with this air and the hot tub, that would be like, so yes. nice. Would, wow. Yeah. So that's funny that we all have to say we're being careful. And it's like, 
I would, I, in my mind, you're telling me, okay, you went somewhere with your husband. Of course, I, in my mind, I'm think, I know Amanda's being careful, but I do the same thing. Like, even if I go visit a family member, I'm like, and we were really careless right. because people are so like shaming people for trips. And to be honest, um, I saw a video on Facebook um, a while ago, this couple, and I'm, I don't know if it was you or I was talking to someone. I told them they went to Jamaica and actually I felt if I was safer there than wow. here. They said that, of course, they had they got, got tested before they got on the plane. Everyone was tested. When they got to Jamaica, they got tested again and had like the rapid results. So they all had to wait in a room, get their tests back. Then when they walked and she said they had there was like seven different checkpoints and at every single checkpoint, they got their temperature taken. Then when they got to the resort that was an hour away, they got tested again wow. at the resort. So I was like, I honestly feel safer here when you have, I mean, there when you have administration here that is making fun of people for not wearing masks. Right. I know. So, it's so true. It's so true. And like for them, so being in Hoboken, obviously New York was like the height of it. Yes, and yes. I remember back in February, one of the friends that we visited, he was talking to me about what he was seeing and he's like, it's going to come here. And um, he works from home and she was off because she had a baby. So she hasn't returned back to work anyway. So they were both working from home and they were like, we're getting all our groceries delivered. Like even in February, they were like being really cautious and being more aware. And I remember thinking like, yeah, they'll pro yeah, it'll pro I could see it being bad in New York. There's so much travel there, but you never think right. it's going to come to Maryland. And no, then of course people are back and forth all the time. Of course it's going to spread, but you know, because you, you know. even, you even have your people in Maryland that take the train into New York to work or into Jersey right. to work during the day. So that's, right. I never, I, I, w I, thinking back now, I remember when I used to listen to Jeff Lewis live and him and Megan were talking about it and they were getting waters. And then I listened to Michelle Collins and she said she was getting um, cases of water and her neighbor in the hallway was kind of like laughing at her. And she said, part of her remembers feeling like an idiot. And the other part was like, mm -hmm, you're going to be coming to me for water when this hits. And they were all prepared. And I was yeah. like, wow, I remember hearing about it, but because I didn't like the news, because I generally, you know, you try to be positive. So I try not to watch the news. I would get it through my husband if it had something to do with, you know, I don't know, women, race, kids or something. I would do my research, but listening to the news. So that made me want to pay attention because, you know, I could have taken that as a heads up or, you know, or what have you. But I know now the one thing I've learned is to, uh, that's a good question. Think about one thing that you can take away from all this. For me, it's, because I was working from home, I was like, oh, I could get down to one roll of toilet paper and one roll of paper towels and I'll just go out and get it the next day. And sometimes there's not gonna be anything. So it made me want to be prepared better with food and with toiletries and with all that. That's so true. I think that's a big thing, especially like when our smoke detector batteries died and I'm like, where am I supposed to go to get a battery? Like, where am I going oh, to get a battery? Right. Because they take such special batteries. These ones, they're like a C2. I don't even know. I have to go to this. I have to go to like Best Buy or Micro Center. I can't even go to the grocery store. Okay, okay. So I was like, oh my gosh, let me just order some on Amazon right now. Because if this happens again, I'm not going to know where to go. So that's a big, big thing. Right. And, and also I think, I think we just get so caught up in like the hustle of everyday life that we say, Oh, I wanted to do that. Well, I'll just do that next time. I'll just do that yep. next year. And yep. it's like, you miss it. And so last summer 
you know, we're like, oh, we didn't do a beach trip this year. Oh, whatever. We'll just go next year. But now here it is 2020 and we can't do what we wanted to do. You can't, and it's September. It's not even like right. it's 2020. Like we're going, it's not like it started in 2019 and we're to the end of it. We don't even know if this is the end. Is there going to be an end? Like anytime soon. You know? Right. So like, think about people who are like, oh, I really wanted to do something big and fun for, uh, you know, Mother's Day this year, but we didn't get in in time. So next year we'll do Mother's Day. But then like, unfortunately you can't see them. It's like, right. you really have to like live in the moment, I feel like. And, but it's so hard to remember that, mm -hmm. you know, as more time passes, we forget, like even right now, I'm not stocking up for fall. I haven't, I haven't prepared. So I clearly haven't learned that. That lesson, right. so <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm trying to do that, but it's, it's like little, I think little by little, it comes like when you go to the grocery store now and you see the price gouging, it is insane. My mom saw a can of spaghetti sauce for $7. Granted, it wasn't your Hunt's or your Del Monte. Uh -huh. It was a little, but that was the first time it was $7. Right. It's out of control. And it's yeah. so unfair. Like I understand, you know, companies, they supply and demand, I get it. But when you're right. in a pandemic, there's some sort of ethical responsibility in that way. I, I agree. I agree. Isn't it funny how we started off on the pandemic and guys, I if, in, listeners, in case you don't know what you'd have to be living under a rock, not to know, I'm speaking with Amanda from it's all happening podcast, oh. which you have to check out. I found her through Bravo while black and I owe them my new friendship. You know, you, you talk to people and you interview people that you love. And of course you stay in contact through DM or this, but I have truly found that pretty much everyone that I've talked to, I have for me have like a personal connection with that. I want to keep outside of the podcast also. Yes. So I'm, I'm so glad that I found you. So thank you again. Bravo Wild Black. Yes. They're the best. <laughs> yes. Oh my. I love them so much. And, um, they had put up, did you see the poll they put up for the versus battle? Luann yes. versus Candy and <laughs> Kaya and I, I, Kaya got it the way I wrote it in my mind. I was being funny and I was like, Luann, like being dry humor, she got it. And she sent me a voice memo and I was voice memoing back and forth with her. I was crying laughing. So I sent her a message and I was like, ah, viva la diva. I'm like, this is the community that I'm a part of and I absolutely love it. You know, people, people were so upset with that's that. That's what poll. she told me. And I, I honestly, I put my comment to be funny and then I read some in the beginning and then I just moved on. Yeah. When she told me that people were upset. I'm like, <laughs> everyone with a quarter of a brain cell had to know you got, I mean, it was a joke, right? It's like you funny. guys have to know that. Right. And I love Luann's Viva La Diva. I, I cannot get it out of my head. Me well, neither. Oh, no, Me neither. oh no, Bravo keeps posting it. And it's like, it's getting stuck in my head. So obviously Viva La Diva till I die. But I mean, Candy is like Come an actual on. artist. She had fame before Housewives. Right. right. It's like, so. we know it's such a, when she said people were getting upset, I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like her, her and Aaron, Kaya and Aaron, I love them so much. I, I just, it's again, I'm meeting so many awesome people still continuing to. So I'm really grateful for that. That's, that's one thing I got out of this pandemic too, because I think I wouldn't have 
been able to pinpoint exactly what else I wanted to do besides the other podcast and being feeling frustrated. It was yeah. like, what do you want to do? It, it, and even with what happened with George Floyd, would we really have paid attention or would it have been just another, you know, black man killed on camera, you know? So it, it just, it's weird to say because people have lost their, their lives and they've lost family members. And then we've kind of had, we've all had to make adjustments and sacrifices, but I hope that more good things come out of it, you know, out of this tragedy, you hope, you know. That's definitely true. I mean, it's like, you hate to say silver lining because there's no silver lining. Like, yeah, people have died. It's been horrible. So many people lost their jobs and it hasn't been great. Like it's been absolutely horrible, but there are some things that will happen as a result. Mm -hmm. And hopefully people will, you know, yeah, learn something from it. And also like, I think it's given a lot of families opportunity to be together more. And I've seen a lot of people, you know, just able to spend more time with their kids. And obviously we wish this never happened. So I'm not trying to say it was a good thing. Yes. I know what you mean. But if you can look back and say, wow, remember that time we spent so much time together? Like my husband and I never spent so much time together in our lives. And so it was really nice for us being married only for two years. We're like, okay, we've literally been like, cause in the beginning before he went back to work at all, we were stuck in the house, just the two of us. We had no buffers. Wow. And so, but we got along great. So it's like, wow, we got through that. I mean, well, mm-hmm. you know, you know, at this point, if you make it through something like that, you're like, all right. And cause yeah. we had a couple scares too. Like we had a couple of family members in the hospital. It wasn't Man. COVID, but it was, we thought it could be. Mm-hmm. And when you're not sure, and even if it, when we found out it wasn't COVID, you can't visit them and yes. you're terrified. So and you're, you're still scared for them, hoping that they don't, cause you know, you can get something from the hospital. So you're hoping yeah. that they didn't bring anything home from the hospital. So I right. get that. Yeah. So wow. thankfully everyone in our family has been COVID free and everybody, pretty much everyone has been tested multiple times because people that are back at work are getting tested regularly. So we feel good about that, you know, able to like see our nieces and things like that because they're not going to school. They're not really playing with anybody else. And then the adults are getting tested regularly for work and everything. So, I mean, I'm just grateful that I live close enough to my family that I can see them. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was ready to like move back in with my mom. I was like, I want to go see my mom. (laughs) Where's your mom at again? So she's in Laurel. It's really not okay. that far oh, yeah. from me. Yeah. And, yeah. Co- near Columbia. Yeah. Yes. I know. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I know. I didn't get, we didn't get to see our parents in um, New Jersey. And then it, like for what, two or three months from March to July, because when my son graduated, they did come up, you know, to see, well, when yeah. he semi-graduate or what to see him you know but other than that it was that that's the longest I think we've gone with even with them being in Jersey and us being in Maryland that's the longest we've ever gone right so it's a lot I mean it's really hard and then it just makes you want to see everybody again and hopefully we just hopefully we can you know take that kind of lesson and think I never want that to happen again I'm never going to let it go that long if I can you know yeah and I realized as much as as excited as I am for my kids to explore because I feel like my parents pushed us to explore. My dad didn't necessarily want me to go to big cities or what have you, but that was my way of exploring. Now I push my kids like, do you want to go out of, before the pandemic, of course, out of the country. So my son would have been going off. So it gave me, gave the family a couple more months with him. Cause I realized, man, it would have been more of a shock than I thought. Cause I'm very much a free 
spirit in that kind of way. So I'm like, he'll be fine. I can't wait for him to go. He's excited. And now I realize I'm thankful for these next four months because it's becoming real that he most likely will be across the, you know, United States in January, you know? Right. You're kind of so, like letting for the last year, you're kind of working yourself up yeah. to him leaving and you're ready for it. But then you're like, okay, good. Now I get some extra time and, and, and then he'll go. Yep. <laughs> and then with my daughter being home, him and my youngest 16 year old are close. And then my oldest daughter, since she got out of the service, she's been able to see them. So they've been able to reform their sibling bond with her, which is Great. So it's all of this, like you said, it, it, it's like bonding the family. So yeah, well, since we're talking about family, guys, Amanda, first of all, you will hear has some wonderful takes on Bravo. Uh, and we're going to get there. But I had to take a, a page from Amanda's book. She has an outline. She <laughs> knows where she's going with it. And I like to it's it's I told her it's hard for me because when I'm interviewing is one thing, but when you want to have a conversation with someone, you kind of want to go wherever each other, almost like if we're on the phone and we're just recording our conversation or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, but so I did take a page from Amanda's <laughs> book today and I want to start, I want look, these are, I'm going to say it at the beginning. These are the things I want to get to, but you know, who knows the way our conversation takes us. Yeah. But I first want to hear about uh, you not in review and Bravo. Uh, I will get there, like how you got into it. But I know that, uh, well, let me just start from the beginning. So you're a teacher. Yeah. You are like a newlywed. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And um, it's been three years, you said? Or it's two been two, years? almost two years oh, gosh, in, you're so, in October. Yes. You're like in honeymoon phase. Okay. So <laughs> where did you, you're a teacher, where did you grow up? Where did you go to college and what made you go into teaching? Okay, so I'm from Laurel, Maryland, which um, if you're not from Maryland, it's it's a pretty big, I mean, it's like a pretty big town. Like it's mm -hmm. not not really suburban. It's it's like in between suburban and urban, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's, like a ma it's like a pretty major place in Maryland anyway. And it's halfway between DC and Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And nearby is Columbia, Maryland, which as you know, is like one of the first planned communities in the country. Amazing. Yes. And the whole point of Columbia was to bring together a really diverse group of people. So mm. not just racially, but also socioeconomic status. So there are like many mansions across the street from apartments. And that's Insane. like, the community. yeah, yes. and that's the community. And so growing up, it was, I feel really lucky that I grew up in an area where diversity was like a, was like a, it was important. Okay. But even though I grew up in an area like that, you still look back and you think about like some of the things that you see and you're like, wow, and that's happening here. So I can't even imagine. Right. You know I what, what I mean? Saying. Yeah. It's happening. You see things happening almost like racial, racial tensions or, or, um, injustices yes. in places where you may say, okay, there's all white people living there or right. all Spanish or all black or what have you. But when it's like you said, a planned community, it's plan it's laid out to be diverse and it's still happening there. You look back yes. and you're like, right, right. Wow. So okay. when I grew up, I went to schools that I guess, I guess you could say maybe there were challenges associated with the schools meaning like the test scores were lower, students lived in poverty. I mean, like my family, we were fine. We never like needed anything, but I guess like 
the students maybe had some more struggles like where okay. uh, where I went to school and because of that area the the county or the district always like was opening new schools because it was like overdevelopment happening everywhere. Yes. So okay. often what, what happens is like a new school gets built and they start pulling kids from different schools and it's always an uproar. So oh like, Oh my gosh. When I was in middle school, we found out that there was a new high school being built and my whole middle school was going to go to it, which I was really happy about. We're okay. all going to school together. But then there's like another area that was like pretty, you know, wealthy, like okay. farmy kind of land that was going to go get pulled from a really, you know, yeah. like well-known, like great at sports, like high test scores, like 10 out of 10. And they were going to get pulled to go to school with us. And like my parents used to come home from these meetings being, and I would overhear them talking and they're like, those assholes, like right. my parents yep. were like, my kids are not going to school with those kids. And my parents are like, what the hell is wrong with you? And you know, that it's not just racist. It's also classist. It's like, yes. a, it's like a, yes. it's like a major thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I go to school seeing the kids that came from parents like that. And I'm like, and, and I, and I remember it. And, and so when I went into teaching, I was like, I, I just felt like such a strong pull to do, to work in a school that was similar to like how I had grown okay. up to like help the kids who maybe didn't have. Okay. Wow. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and if they had you, that probably helped their transition. You could kind of prepare them for what they may or may not see if they were going to go into a school after they left your school that was sort of what which they did and then i would see it happen before my eyes and i'm like wow 20 years later this is still going on and this is supposed to be an area where people move to because they want that like they want that and i yes. couldn't i couldn't believe it i'm like why don't you just like why move. don't you move right just move go away right and, yep. and it happened again last year and uh without getting into too much like specifics but like it happened again last year with redistricting where people are literally protesting with what? signs like my kid will not go to and they're talking about the elementary school i went to and i'm like and i grew up fine so like please get a grip like right. they're gonna be fine they're gonna be fine and I know as a teacher who worked in a title one school, I feel like the teachers worked twice as hard. Yeah. They, yeah. they had, they made do with like sometimes limited resources, but they like were more, I guess, just trained more to be able to handle different situations. Like I would have rather sent my kid, honestly, I said, and I, and people always said I was crazy, but I'm like, I would send my kid to the school I taught at. And people were like, but why it has like a two out of 10 stars or whatever. I'm like, because I know how hard everybody works here. And I, was, I know and what those teachers want to be there. Those yes. teachers, because not the teachers that don't want to be there go to the cushy schools where they are just a body in a class delivering information. Exactly. And like, of course they're going to transfer. And like it, and it is, like I said, I know we talked last time, like it is hard because it's really hard when you're, you're working in, in an environment where there's so many things out of your control. Like mm -hmm. you can't help it. Like there's so much out of your control, but you make such a big difference. And so, I mean, I do miss working at that school. I miss being in the classroom a lot. And I don't think my journey 
as a classroom teacher is necessarily over. But after moving to a new location, yeah. I'm like, okay, I wanted to get a feel for this area first mm-hmm. because there are so many schools in this area and there's like public schools, charter schools, private yes. schools. And you're like, I don't know where I want to go. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just use this year to kind of figure it out and tutor. And then COVID happens and I'm like, well, I'm not applying to go back to the classroom right now because I don't feel comfortable yet. Eggs. Mm. <laughs> Monty talked so. about that. Yeah. Like the teacher, like, are we thinking of our teachers? Yes. So then of course now they're online, but I didn't know they were, you know, you don't know if it's going to yeah, be online or not right. when you're applying. So I'm still taking this time. I'm teaching online. I'm tutoring and um, I'm, you know, enjoying that. And of course I'm podcasting all the time right, now, right. but I do think, you know, my journey with classroom teaching isn't over. I just need to kind of figure out where I fit in, in this area which is different than where I grew up. It's very different. And I think that it's good that you're taking that time because if you had just jumped in to just anywhere, it could be a school that you weren't prepared for or a school that you were overprepared for and you're going in and these are these kids, you could end up at a school where the kids are like the kids that were integrated into your school. And it's like, can you imagine teaching those like the entitlement of yes the kids and i almost feel like my resistance to work in a place like that like i sometimes i think about it and i'm like but should i be should i do that so that i can maybe be the person who opens their eyes a little bit more Mm -hmm. but i can just see myself feeling Mm -hmm. that you know just feeling that gosh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. And especially because I haven't, I, the only experience I have working in a school with really a lot of like financial privilege and stuff is when I wasn't, was when I was an intern. And so because I was an intern, I didn't really talk much to the parent, you know, okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Right. They were always there. (laughs) They were always at the school i can imagine it's like do you have nothing else to do it was a lot people were fighting (laughs) people would fight over like who got to be the room mom for halloween parties and i'm like oh my god are you it's like what a privilege you know like they had to like limit who could come and oh my god and it was very different than when i was like you know when i had my classroom i mean it's not, it's not that the other parents didn't care. It's like, they're working. Like they don't, they don't yes. have the option. So and we then, would be, yeah, we'd be struggling trying to get parents to come on, on field trips and stuff. And it's not their fault. They just, yep. they have to work sometimes three jobs Yeah. or they don't speak English. So they would love to come, but they're like, but I can't help the kids who don't understand right. Spanish. So, but when they, when the, the, the Spanish speaking parents would come into chaperone, it was so helpful because I had a lot of newcomers who didn't speak English. So I'm like, I'm going to put you in their group. You're, they're going to feel so happy. They would get so happy Aww. and excited to have like someone they could talk to until they got more comfortable. You know what I mean? And see, that's the difference. Again, you being that kind of teacher, whereas an, a person with a different attitude coming in and like doesn't care, doesn't think about those kids that don't speak. You know what I mean? So yeah, I appreciate teachers like you who want to be where you are. Yeah, you know? I definitely. And, yeah. And it's more hard. resourceful when, when you have to go without books and supplies and this and that. I think you become resourceful as a teacher and figure out different ways 
to help get the same message across, you know? Yeah. And I will say where the district I taught in, because it had so much wealth in part of the the, the county, we were lucky that we did get a lot of resources at my school because they were able to allocate it, you know, to oh. the schools that were more in need and distribute it like appropriately. Whereas some places like my friends that taught in Baltimore city, they're like, yeah, we have no, we have nothing and we can't get it because mm-hmm. the whole, the whole city is all fighting over resources. Over, yes. Well, did you, do you remember it was either I was still driving for Lyft and Uber and it wasn't, it wasn't this, I don't believe it was this past winter, but maybe the winter before when the heater broke, or it might've even been in 2017 and the kids had to go to school like that. Yes. That's, and that I'm pretty sure it's like illegal if it's at a certain, if it's at a certain temperature. I mean, I know that they can be without air conditioning, which should also not be legal. Right, right unbearable excruciating right yeah I remember a a lady I picked her up and she said she put long johns under her child she put sweatpants over the top she put long johns under his uniform he wore uniform and she told him to keep his coat on do you know that they tried to deduct points because they weren't in uniform because they had the extra she said I wanted to blow that school up are you and then she said she she stopped taking them she was like it was so cold her even going and just dropping him off she said she couldn't leave her child there and I'm thinking this is going on you know circles become circles so Jamal Bryant was still in Baltimore at that time and I'll never forget, he did a drive at our church and a community-wide drive to get money to help with the cost of the heat to repair the heating at that school. Wow. That's just funny. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So I remember hearing that. So the Bryants, they lived in Baltimore before Giselle's was on the show, right? Yes. She now, and I I guess she still lived up Potomac Way since we know (laughs) that, but he lived... um, the area that we were talking about where the target and oh in Canton. Yeah, in Canton. Canton. Yeah. He, he, I think he lived down there. That's what I've heard. And yeah, so that that always was interesting to me. Um that he didn't live in a different place, like a Montgomery County or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just I mean, it's yeah. just it's just interesting. Me too. But, you I, know, I mean I love Canton. It's it's wonderful. Well, I love it there. One day I was driving. Do, 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 do. I look over and I'm like, that man jogging looks familiar. And I'm like, doing this for the, oh, our church, I did a fitness challenge against another church. So, you know, you see in front of the camera, he's like Instagramming. And I, I would tell my husband, is he really jogging? Is he doing that for the gram? And I look over, I'm just literally driving and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So I guess he was actually really doing it. I yeah. mean, just being honest, you know, but it was just funny to see, but it's, um, it's also funny because how as popular she is now and as he is in that world, I guess, evidently, from what I heard, they used to always travel without bodyguards, but he started getting death threats when he did all that stuff when they oh were married. Oh, my gosh. People threatening to come to the church and shoot him. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, like, that's horrible. I'm not yeah. about the death threats. Right. Man. That's, I'm like, even with Teddy, I'm like, she's boring, <laughs> but she does not deserve to die, nor any of her children. Hello. No. But, um, so it's funny to see them out in the wild without, because at first I used to be like, why does he have bodyguards going but then when I heard about what happened I was like oh you best believe I'd be walking with a shield in front of 
my children. Yes. That's horrible. It, it, yeah. So when it, it's just funny when you would see him out in the wild, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, just kind of like, yeah. whatever, whatever. And mainly he actually, the sad part is he mainly had his guards in church because that's where they threatened to come and yeah, and you're you have such like a presence there, and everyone's just look. Can you imagine the shock if something like that were to happen in church? Like, how horrible is that for the that, people that are there? And even if you say you don't believe in God, I won't even say religion. If everybody believes in something, even if you don't know if you believe in a God or whatever, when you walk into a church, there should be some type of calming feeling or something just <laughs> right. being in a church. But then when you see like an armed, you're like. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Oh, that, yeah. that is terrifying. Oh my yeah, gosh. Well, hopefully things have settled down for him. Cause obviously what happened between him and Giselle was not, not great, but I feel like that's like a, that's a case of a person doing something wrong, not being a bad person. You know what mm. I mean? Like he made, he obviously made mistakes, but even if it was several, right. Hopefully right. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a few. <laughs> right. It's like, and you know, what's funny is how I'm trying to learn in, in the scheme of life, not that they need my grace. So it could even apply to somebody in my life, like somebody like that, who you kind of sort of know on, on a more personal level, or even if I did it watching the show and trusting that the, his new, his uh, ex-wife is like, you know, like using her brain and sure, whatever. I'll give more of a grace to that person than to an Ashley who you can see that you and I talked about this before that she's trying, that she is in a different place, but I'm still focused on what she was doing simply because I felt like she was demanding an apology from people or, or almost like sitting in judgment. And I'm like, well, did she ever atone for hers? But who am I that she has to atone to when she didn't do it? So it's, I'm at that place in my life now where I'm trying to be, um, make things less complicated, even in terms of thinking or whatever. So like I said, those people may not need grace, but there could be people in my life. Like, why is it so much easier for me? And I know there are certain instances where it's because a person is, has a repetitive action towards you and you're like, yeah, okay, that's enough versus somebody who you can see that they're trying. So I think that's true. I mean, think about it. Like we all, we all, when we're talking, we're talking about like what team we're on and I'm like, Oh, I'm team Monique and you're team Candace. But it's like, mm -hmm. if two of my actual real life friends were fighting, I might agree with one of them over yeah. the other, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like stop being friends with one person yep. because they're fighting and you're not gonna and, become a team. Like, right. Like my niece is 10 and <laughs> Like she has a friend who I'm like airing all these little kids longer, <laughs> but it's like, she has a friend who's one of those, like one, one person friend. Yes. And she's like, Oh, if you're going to be friends with that other person, <sighs> I don't want to be friends with. And I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, they can be toxic people. That I know it becomes. And I'm like, you are allowed to be friends with more than one person. And if, if, if your friend is telling you, you can't be friends with, um, Janelle or whatever, like, just, just tell her that you are allowed to be friends with more than one person and you are totally going to be her friend, but you're not going to stop talking to other people. Yeah. It reminds me of Stassi. I'm like, just, no. yes, yes. It's oh, you are so right. It's like that one friend and like my best friend. It's like that one person that has 19 best friends, but those 19 best friends can't have other 
Right. Friends. Right. And, and I'm like, but here I am talking about a 10 year old. So this is the fifth grade way. And so it's like, we should, you know, not do that as adults. So hopefully, hopefully they grow out of it because it just seems like if, yeah, if we're talking about like Monique and Candace, if they were my, if they were my real friends, I would say, okay, I can see both sides. Like I can see both perspectives. So it's hard when you're watching a show and you feel like you want to be one team or the other. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have to snap out of it. Like, okay, there's two sides. Every there's three sides to every story. And somewhere in the middle is Is the the truth. truth. (laughs) And, And we're only seeing some of it. Exactly. You know, speak. And so speaking of which, it's funny because I have, um, I said I was, I wanted to get to know you, your past, and then we would go from Beverly Hills to New York to Potomac. And I yeah. have to remind me, I have something to tell you. Speaking of seeing all sides, I was listening to a podcast today that shared some very interesting information about New York, which may have you kind, kind of looking at Dorinda differently at that oh. season finale. Yeah. So okay. remind me to share okay. that with you. Okay. okay. So. Now, did you, oh, but did you know you always wanted to be a teacher? I, I, when I was really younger, I definitely wanted to be a teacher. But then when I went to college, I was like, I can't be in charge of children. Like, who am I? You know, I'm 18 <laughs> years old. So I changed my major like 50 times. Oh, I went to University of Maryland. I was so. just going to ask you. Okay. Oh, Terps. And, um, <laughs> did you know Juan? <laughs> I did not know Juan. I mean, is he can't be that much older than I am, right? I'm thinking I don't know. because I'm, I want to know how old Robin is because I'm like I'm 43 and I think that Robin is younger than I am. I okay. should Google. Google I'm, I'm going to look. We're right going to go. To, you're going to look. So okay. yeah, I'm going to look her up right now. So she is 41. Okay. So okay. I mean, yeah. So she's yeah. She, they're they're a little bit older than I am. So I didn't they know that. Okay. But you know Tori Smith, he was a. Uh, he played for the Ravens. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So he went to Maryland and he's my year. And his wife, who was a Baltimore County teacher, went to Maryland and was like in my classes. Are you Isn't serious? That, yeah, like not all the time. I didn't wow, know her well, right. but I remember her from classes. And then she went off to become a Baltimore County teacher while he was playing for the Ravens. And he was like, he was really famous at yeah. that time and people would always give her a hard time. They're like, your husband's in the NFL. Why are you teaching? And she's like, cause I, I want to like get, get, mind your business. Right. Like, what but, are you but doing? Then, if she wasn't doing something, well, they would have something to say then. Exactly. Like, oh, why aren't you doing something with your life? It's like, exactly. You cannot win with some people. You can't, but uh, yeah. So that's my little claim to fame that like, I was like one time in a class <laughs> with Tori Smith's wife but yeah uh but so I went to Maryland and I kept changing my mind and I remember talking to my my best friend Stacy who was going to school to be a nurse and I was like I'm so terrified to like have this responsibility I mean I was like 20 years old partying all the time and she was studying to be a nurse and she's like trust me I get it like I'm gonna be having people's like lives in my hands but at some point you have to just grow up And she, like, she really handed to me, she's like, you just have to grow up and figure it out and just do it. Like, you're going to be great. Just do it. And I, and at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I like finished my education program Okay. and it took me a while to do it. And then from then I was happy about my choice. Okay. Um, 
but it, it did, took me a little bit of like a kick in the ass because you feel so ner- you feel really nervous to do something yes. with yeah. that much responsibility. And especially when you're in college and going out all the time and you're like, I can't even like wake up for class. How am I going to be like a teacher? Right, a teacher, Not knowing that it's like, we can work from different sides of our brain. You know what I mean? Yes. But you don't, you don't know that. And it, it is, it's, it's sort of like being a parent to some of them because some of them either don't have parents or don't have parents that show interest. So they look forward to seeing Miss Amanda every day and they depend on you for stability. So that is definitely yeah. a huge, huge. And some, yeah, some kids you're like, I'm the consistency yes, in your yeah. life. You know, people might be living with different family members than their parents yeah. and they get bounced around or kids might be like, we had a, you know, I've had students who were like, living in motels or living on people's floors because they had nowhere to go. And it's like, you're the one they want to see every day. And if you show up every day and you give them their all, your all, then you're doing your part. And like, it does make me sad when I think about those things because I'm like not there in that same way right now. Mm -hmm. But I know eventually like my path is going to take me back to like, you know, where, where, where I was or where I'm supposed to be. And, and I think like, all the, even though I'm not in the classroom right now, it doesn't take away from like all those years that I helped those kids and they've moved on. Like they're, they're already, I wasn't going to go with them to middle school. So they're gone. They can remember me and I made a difference with them. And it's just a new group that I'm not. That you're going to, but what's funny is you took you, that's why I love you. Cause we're like our brains, I feel like run parallel. I was going to say that you left an imprint on them that you don't know how that could change your life going forward. So again, I like to say you may have been the match that lit the fire in them for whether it was for learning or to do well in school or what have you, you just, you may, you may never see the end of the, you know, what, what else, where else life takes them, what else catches on fire after yeah. that. And I, I, I remember yeah. my teachers, you know, and I rem- like, it's hard because you struggle with, you know, you see, pe- you see people that get famous and achieve their dreams later. And they're like, none of my teachers believed in me. And you're like, well, I don't want to be that teacher. I don't want to be, the- I don't want them to be like at the Grammys. And they're like, this is for had- <laughs> my fourth grade teacher said I would never be anything. You know what I mean? Like you want to help them and help them achieve their dreams. But when the kids are like, I'm going to be a YouTuber, I'm like, okay. O- okay. All right. Yeah. That sounds fun. But here I am with my podcast. Like, I'm not any different than these kids that want to be a YouTuber. You know what I mean? But you can teach them how to turn it into a business. Exactly. It's just not about setting up a camera and recording yourself. Yes. There are business things to it. You got to know how to count your money. You got to know if the sponsor is taking advantage of you. Exactly. And you have to write messages to people to try to get them to come on your channel or whatever. So you need to be able to read. You need to be able to write. And like, I had kids who were like, I don't need to go to school because I just want to do hair. And I'm like, okay, well, you're going to have to pass. You're going to have to pass the test to get certified. And I know people who took it multiple times and didn't pass who went to like college. So it's like, you need to know how to take a test. You need to, you need to know how to study for a test. Like every job you have different kinds of skills, but school, yep. you got, you got to go to school. You got to go to school and you don't have to go to college. Right. You don't have to go to college. Neither but of my have parents to, did, but you have to do something. Yeah. Or you you can't, or when people that feel like I'm going to have my own company, so I don't have to work for anybody. There's still something called the government. There's still, <laughs> there's still 
that umbrella that you will be under. You, you, you have to, you're going to be accountable to somebody, whether it's through the IRS yes. or through your employees, you know, right. you're still, you still have to be accountable. It's and you have that to you have said. that dream. Like you have yes. to like have a goal. And like, like I said, neither of my parents went to college. My dad went to trade school and like, I'm all about pushing the trades for yeah. the kids who don't want to work at a desk job and they want, they, you know, want to do something with their hands. Mm-hmm. I, I can see it for a lot of kids where they're like, I'm never sitting down. Like I'm not going right. to sit <laughs> in a desk from nine to five. And I'm like, you can do it. But also if you go, if you, if you start early in a trade and you really work your way up, you can become a supervisor. And then when you're like 50 and you're like, your knees hurt and your back hurts, you're not on the ladder. Like, and that's like the skills that you have to, like, I want to encourage the kids to have is like to be thinking the future, not just right now. Right now. And not just short money. You want long money, long-term money. (laughs) Yes. With you doing that, I'm like, drank this tea and I'm like drinking it down, talking to you like, (laughs) having it be kind of like, not a meal replacement, like, cause I was like shoving salad in my mouth before, <laughs> as I'm testing the mic, I'm like. <laughs> the time I did is. the same thing with my toast and pineapple. That was my. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, now it's coming up in like food births. Like, <laughs> oh, oh God, did they catch that in the mic? <laughs> so now be after you teaching, you settle into teaching, what brought you to Housewives was, what was your first franchise that brought you to Housewives and what was it about it that captivated you? That's such a good question. So I definitely watched Orange County when it first came out, Okay, but not religiously. I I watched that and I watched like the Kardashians, but it was like whenever it was on, I wasn't like super into it. And then when I was in college, I lived in a sorority house. So there was like 50 people, one TV. So we just watched- That's a Housewives in training. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. So we just watched whatever, you know, whatever everyone else was watching. So I, I caught the Housewives, but I never like really- dived deep into it until I was in my early twenties. And I had a roommate for a couple of years, Megan, who's like one of my best friends and she's super into reality TV too. Hopefully she's listening to this right now, but I'm Megan, if you are. (laughs) (laughs) So we would watch everything. Like we watched WAGs. We watched, Oh, I love WAGs. Every, we watched everything. We loved married to medicine together. We actually, we started watching love and hip hop Atlanta because we, we met Ashley Moore are you from, serious? I'm not kidding. She was in Baltimore. So we went out. Okay. This is like a whole story. So we go out for drinks. It was like a Tuesday or something random. And we're like, let's go get, let's go get drinks. So we go to the bar, me and Megan. And we're, there's a girl at the, there's like one other person at the bar of this girl and this guy across the bar. And she had like a, uh, like platinum, like blonde <laughs> wig down to like her knees. And so, so I'm like, Hey, you know, whatever. And then she comes over and she's like, do you guys want to do oyster shooters? And we're like, sure. I mean, why not? So we're like doing shots with her and this guy who like never said a word. She's like, let's, <laughs> she's like, let's take pictures. I'm like, sure. Like you're fun. And she's like, I'm Ashley. So we're taking pictures and she's like, let me um, tag you on Instagram. So then I go to her Instagram. I'm like, wait a second. Like she has so many followers and then I see Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. And I'm like, wait, you're on TV? Like, oh my gosh. Like, what? And she was the nicest, nicest. person. See, so that, that's nice. nice to hear. I got into Love and... It's funny how, I don't know if people that know Housewives, of course they know Cardi B, but a lot of people don't know that's where she started. Oh remember, my gosh. Do you remember her being on Love and Hip Hop? I literally don't. That's the thing is like, so after that, I started like YouTubing 
episodes to watch because I was okay. like, I'm going to watch your show. Like I'm, so, cause I had never watched it before. That is awesome. You said, I'm going to watch your show. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to watch your show. So we were like watching episodes here and there, but we, we didn't watch it from like the begin, you know, beginning mm-hmm. through. And it was like at the point where things sometimes were on demand, but you know how like they won't show you every season. You have to yes. pay like $2 an episode. I'm like, yep. okay. I'm, I'm not, not paying for it. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. But she gave us some inside info. She was like, you know, sometimes the stuff is like, cause I was like, wait, you live in Baltimore. Why are you on love and hip hop Atlanta? And she was kind right. of like a friend, like kind of like a friend, friend. of in yeah, that kind yeah. of role. And she's like, I mean, cause she used to sing and she was like, or, or she was like into music. Mm-hmm. She's like they brought, they brought me in. That was definitely like a, like a bring her in. Okay. Kind of okay. She was like all the fights, all of that. Like that's real. Like it does happen. Yeah. So- well, yeah. And I think with, with love, with, with the love and hip hop franchises, I would like, it, it, it would go in cycles for me. I'd be into them, into them. And then I couldn't watch another one. I was like, I need a, I need a minute because now yeah. how we talked about, I think it was you and I that talked about what you listen to is like, can become a reflection of you, like what you allow in your mind become. So now you're like, oh yeah, because if I was somewhere and somebody said something to me, I'd jump across you know what I mean? It's like, yes. wait, no, wait, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> and it would be funny, but some of it would be like, so like, especially Atlanta, it's like, okay, you've caught this man how many times with someone like, um, I think it was, was that Atlanta, Mimi and Stevie, Mimi and Stevie J before Steve, when it first came out, there was Stevie J, Stevie Hitman J who used to work with, um, Faith and all of them who he's now married to. And then he was with a girl named Mimi, and then he was a manager and signed a Latin artist who today is known as Jocelyn, and he's gone back and forth on the, like you're literally wa- I know literally watching his um, would you be his mistress? They weren't married, but his mistress pee on a stick to see if she is pregnant. I know it's like too much like, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was okay. like, I love it, but I need a break. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll come back to you. Yeah, but so that's we wa- so funny. Yeah, so we watched it after that, like a little bit because we were like, she was so nice. I mean, she was so nice. Like she was so real. And, and it was like cool to meet someone who was on TV, but like, yes. if I hadn't seen her follower count when she tagged me on Instagram, I would have had no idea. She was so cool. Like, wow. the gu- so the guy goes to the bathroom. We're like, okay, so what's the deal there? She's like, I think he's in love with me. I don't know. Like, and she's just like, <laughs> she's <laughs> nonchalant. Like, right, right. And and then she was telling me she had a son who was in fourth or fifth grade at the time. Yeah. I was a fourth grade teacher. So we bonded Aww. over that. And it was like, she was just the sweetest person ever. And I'm like, that's like what I want to see on TV is like real people who like are, you know, and I mean, I guess love and hip hop probably didn't have as many viewers as housewives. So they're not like, you know, she's able to just like be in a bar and be unrecognizable. She was so cool. And yeah. So anyway, we used to watch like pretty much all reality TV together, but I got really into real housewives of New Jersey. And that was like my first like obsession. Okay. Okay. And this was like six or seven years ago. I did like, so I was so obsessed. There was this website, this blog called fame Horgas, like Gorgas, but Horgas. <laughs> and, and it was like, I'm talking pages. Like this looks like you go to the Pentagon and you like open up a file cabinet and it's like all these files of like information about the Jersey housewives. And I like lost it. I was so addicted. I, I probably spent like 50, 100,000 million hours reading Fame Horgas and tweeting. I like, 
it's embarrassing. If anyone finds my personal <laughs> Twitter, like, <laughs> it comes up on time hop where I'll have like 30, 30 tweets that day where and I'm like, like, Melissa Gorga, Melissa Gorga. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so embarrassing. Oh my but, God. So that was like the, it's all happening with Amanda, like before it's all happening. happening. Like okay, that. okay, okay. But see, you were laying the groundwork, see? <laughs> And I try to be not as like crazy now, like where okay. I'm like, because back then I really was, I, I was defending Teresa. I was like standing my ground. Oh, I was with you. Oh, 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 I was so with you. I was like, Melissa is fake. She came on the show just to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it. Okay. People love to say like, oh, Teresa, like, you know, she was so cruel to Melissa. And it's like, if you have, okay, if you have a problem in any sort of issue with a family member and they're yep. on a reality show, what reason do you have going on the show other than to make them look bad? You're already fighting. You're Why all, would you yep. go on the show? And of course, like we're all grateful because we had this great TV. Yeah. Yep. But that was so like Teresa never wanted to air her family's issues. No, she no. never talked about Melissa on the show. She until sure Melissa was on the show. The she show. never mentioned her. Yep. And, and when Danielle brought it up, she would she shoved Andy for it. Like yeah, she yeah, she sure did because she was like, "You haven't seen you," and she was like, "We're not talking about." Because she could have very much went into, "Well, his mother doesn't let me see," or whatever. And but it's funny how Melissa came in, took all Teresa's friends, like. It's, yeah. But then, do you remember right right before? I don't know if it was the season that Caroline her last season when she was like, in her confessionals, Melissa and Teresa are the same person. And when she said, she said it with like a casualness, not necessarily the way she said it was neutral, but the listener, of course we picked up on, we know what you're saying. It's the same person. So yeah. Melissa is manipulative also. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them fell for it mm -hmm. in the beginning. And, but I think they were looking for reasons to kind of separate themselves yep. from Teresa. Teresa yeah. And so they like, they're like, well, I'm just going to take Melissa's side in it. And I've had a huge problem with Jacqueline. Because oh, uh, you're in my brain. I said, we, I, <laughs> I literally am. Oh, go ahead. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking, okay. Just the, and I, and I know people will defend her and say like, they made her do it. But that night on the patio when That's she was the screen I had in my head. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I'm like, what friend are you? Like, yeah. you're not a friend. Amanda, I literally was going to say that as soon as you got done. This is why I'm saying our brains that <laughs> night. That was, and you could tell that Teresa was very shocked. Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do this? Because I feel like, just like they say, it's your real life. Oh, everything should be in your real life. You don't discuss everything with your friends. And they were friends how many years prior? So, you know, your friend at some point. You can't say, I'm not talking about, if they said, bring it up, just say, look, girl, I saw whatever's, even if she had to say whatever's going on in what we're reading about, I got you. Or if the producer said she had to mention, she could have found a way around it. Or, I mean, I guess I don't know, but I feel like if me and you are best friends and the producer for years before this show and the producer's like, you have to say something or basically it's your job. It's like, well, is it her job too then? Because... If right. I don't bring it up, nobody's going to talk. Like, I feel like if they were united and we're not like the Beverly Hills Housewives, we're not talking about this, then she didn't have to talk about it. Yeah, that that really, oh, just yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And she could have went about it in such a different way. And that's the issue with so many of these women is like, you can call out your friend. If you're being told you need to talk about it, she could be like, look, Teresa, I know you don't want to talk about it. So don't even say anything, but I know what's going on with you and your finances. So I'm here for you if you want to talk about it. But, but she's like pointing at stuff being like, tell me, why do you have this fake dog in this picture? Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And the whole Melissa thing, like, I think, I think Melissa knew what she was doing when she got on the show and I've heard, and I don't know like how much of this is real, but I've heard that their tape that they sent in for casting was basically like, we're going to, we're going to expose the Judices. We're going to like, we're going to take them, not like we're going to take them down, but it's like, you want to cast us because we have, look at all this family drama we're going to bring to your show. And it's like, of course they cast them after that. Well, you know, she was in communication with Danielle and Melissa finally had to admit it. They were talking by phone. And then I think by either Facebook messenger or something like that. So it's like, yeah, we know your whole reason for going on the show. Right. And Melissa tried to say like, well, Danielle contacted me. It's like, would you, if you're feuding with someone, would you go contact their family members for information? No, you would assume that their family members aren't yes. going to out them so unless she, you knew. She, yes, that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go like, ask your brother for information about you. Like that yeah. doesn't make any sense. And unless I think, you know. don't you feel like maybe some of the other ones were also so readily to take Melissa's side and separate is because at that point, I don't think Teresa walked around like, like now how like she made uh, intimizations at the reunion last year to Jackie. Like basically Jackie was like, I'm not afraid of you or something. I'm sitting here and she's like, are they here? Like basically Teresa intimated, like if I say I don't want them here, they're not here. She wasn't like that in the beginning. So I feel like everyone took Melissa's side too, because they recognized that she was becoming mm-hmm. the center tire. Cause I don't know what New Jersey holds. <laughs> what do they hold? It's gotta be like a meatball or something. <laughs> she was becoming the biggest meatball in the, the franchise. And I felt like they felt like maybe if they could form an alliance and bully her off, but she lives sometimes in such a state of delusion that those people that live in a state of delusion, you you have to get to them a different way because yeah. you can talk about them like adult. you can say whatever you want and they're so d- deluded that they're like you can't be talking to me well like yeah i am but they're so deluded so i think they felt her becoming the center meatball and wanted to kind of like yeah not make her center because teresa's clearly like she is like the new jersey housewives like now but at yes. the time it was still new and it's like, yeah. was it, was it Caroline? Was it Tariq? Like who was the yeah. star that was never going to go anywhere? We didn't exactly. know yet. And I think a lot of people saw Melissa as like the new Teresa, the younger, yeah. yes, younger Teresa. Yep. She's, I mean, Teresa's beautiful, but Melissa, I mean, she's she just like, had something pop. different. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she thought she was going to be a pop star or whatever. Oh, and- on display, <laughs> on display each and every day, every day. So good. So good. But I, yeah. So I definitely, that was my first time that I got like super into it. I could talk, Okay. I could literally talk about seasons like one, two, three, and four of New Jersey housewives for like a hundred million hours. But it's like, I forget about it sometimes. Cause I'm right. so, yeah. I, honestly, I didn't even watch last season of Jersey. Like I'm behind, but, but it's like, I was so obsessed back then. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of, I've kind of fallen off. And, of and then it just, it kind of shifted. It's especially, yeah. Remember when, 
they were, were they all on a party bus and the kids were on? Somewhere there was a strip, or they were somewhere where it looked like it could have been a stripper pole, and Melania was like on it and said something to the fact like, I'm Melissa. <laughs> I love Melania. Oh my gosh. She oh is my a strip. Yeah, it's so it's just, and is it crazy to say, like, when Teresa and Joe would go back and forth, I didn't necessarily get offended at the stuff he said to her. And I feel like, because culturally sometimes, you know, it's that, that was how they spoke. So I didn't necessarily get offended. Also being from Jersey, even though I'm from South Jersey, to me, it was almost like watching, they had more of the New York accent, but as far as style wise, with the, everything big, we had we still big earrings, big glasses, big this, but everything was very big, our clothes. Yeah. So it was almost like a, famili- a familiarity to them. And quite honestly, because I, even though you can look at them, if someone looked at them now, they may just see them as white and not Italian. But to me, I felt like they were a minority in a sense, meaning they weren't white. So this is another ethnic franchise. Yeah. And because they, they've had like a, not all of them, you know, they say Caroline's like one sixteenth Italian or whatever, but most of them like have (laughs) such strong ties to like their ancestors that came from, or like not even ancestors, like they're, their parents, parents that yeah. came from, I mean, Joe, Judice, Judice, however you say it. Uh, I usually say Judice, but sometimes I <laughs> correct myself. I I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Judice, but I don't know. He came from Italy. I mean, that's why he's there now. He was right. deported because of everything well, that happened. The, the season they went to Italy, I thought they showed where Teresa's family and his family grew up like in Italy together. So yeah. he's known her for so long. And I love, just like the Shahs, I love when somebody has a connection to where they're from and they can go back and forth, like how they would speak Italian sometimes, just like how Shahs speak Farsi sometimes. So I like watching shows where they have that, where yes. they could, you know, and you really get to see. And to me, it almost shows who they are even more, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I love that. What did you think about Rosie and... Um, I was never, a, I was never a fan of Rosie and Kathy Me because, either. um, and es- I mean, especially now, like even more, but l- with, um, with Kathy, I felt like, well, first of all, I kind of, in one way, I kind of felt bad for them because I knew, and Teresa would say Oof. it, that Melissa and Joe Gorga didn't give a flying crap about Rosie and Kathy until yeah. they needed someone yes. in the family on their side. And yep. so it's like, cause Joe Judice and, um, Rosie had like such a good friendship. Yes. They, they, they actually got along great. And that's why he would always be like, I don't understand Rosie. Like, why are you and Kathy like against Teresa all of a sudden? Like yep. you yep. get along with us a lot. Like they were the ones who actually accepted Rosie Yep. and Kathy and Rosie didn't always get along. Kathy didn't accept yes. Rosie. Yes. Yep. 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 So I just felt like they were not loyal. Like they were, At they all. were in it for the fame and they're all sketchy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. All of them. I, all of them. So I was listening to years ago, I want to say 2011. No, maybe not that far back. Cannot remember. It was probably oh. like back when I was like <laughs> because diving into I it. Was, well, I was listening to something some years ago. You know what? The podcast might have been older, but it was, it was um, Bitch Sesh and... So some years back and they had a boot on the ground and it was uh, when Melissa was singing on display at um, 
Oh, what's the casino in Atlantic City? I went there. The pool. It's um, Bellagio. It the pool? Not the. I think it was the pool. They had just opened. Um, the casino wasn't the pool, but they had a club inside uh, the casino. Because I remember going there, with, and it was the craziest thing. Because we're all dancing around the pool, and you're like, if you tootsie roll the wrong way, you're in <laughs> the bottom yeah. of the pool. So I'm not even trying to do this. Just got my hair blown out. No, ma'am. So, but Melissa had performed there. I'm gonna have to send it to you. It's called yes. the pool. I'm pretty sure. And they said that Joe Gorga had went to the bathroom and was getting pleasured. And the girl that was talking at the at Casey and Danielle's show, it was the best friend that was there with her. Oh my gosh. And it's so they put on this thing like and he uh, maybe does. Like I love my wife. I love this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But the girl it sounded believable to me, especially, you know, she said she was there. So I was like, what? oh my gosh. And it kind of lended credence to this whole facade that they try to put on for the cameras. You yeah. Know, they're, they're just so and remember when Teresa was on the billboard for the tanning shop the first season and then the season that the Gorgas came on he was on the billboard of course he was yeah yeah so it's like do you have an underlying competition with your sister but I feel like Teresa took care of him like she was his mother yeah she I definitely did you and know? I can see I can see being an older sister too like why like why that can be kind of um like up, not appealing in a way, but it's like you grow up being like the big sister and yeah. you feel so much like responsibility. And I think Teresa always knew like one day my parents aren't going to be around yeah, and like, yeah. who's going to look after him. And like, I think she always just said like, she wanted that close relationship with her sister-in-law, but it's like, she never felt that closeness with her. Didn't and they have, weren't they friends that remember in the beginning? Cause they show pictures with them before she married Joe, they were friends. What happened? I think they were cool. And it was like, oh, my brother's, well, because they got married like decently young, you know, yeah. like early mid twenties or whatever. Okay. So not too young, but younger. And it's like, you don't know if your brother's going to marry the girl That's or true. not. That's true. And I think she just kind of thought like, okay, this is his girlfriend. He probably had a few before her. Okay. And it, yeah. and, but then it's like, oh, oh, that's, that's, that's who he's going to marry. And it's right. like, oh, I did. Cause, cause Teresa always said that like Joe wanted a traditional Italian wife, yeah. like yeah. Teresa is. Yeah. And she didn't see Melissa doing that for him. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder too, if also she thought maybe she wouldn't be able to be the ball, like come into their relationship and say, Joe, I need you to do this. And Joe drop everything because that's, his sister, if, if her, because I, Joe has even said before that Melissa and Teresa are a lot alike. Yeah. And he, I'm pretty sure he's the one that said they were fine and used to hang out when they were dating, but something happened when they got married. So it was almost like Melissa was like, oh, he's mine now. There is no. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that does, I mean, that happens sometimes when people yeah. like act like a certain way. And then once they get them, they're like, <laughs> All right, I'm not going to care about the family anymore. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know for sure, you know, but yeah. I do think that Melissa had a lot in her past. Yeah. That, and I'm not even just talking about like, you know, the stuff that we saw on the show, but like I heard a lot of rumors and Saul alleged, like I heard rumors that like she would cheat on Joe, like earlier than the show, obviously. I heard but that like, too, yeah. She, there, she had this ex-boyfriend who I followed on Twitter. His, <laughs> his, his um, Twitter handle was like Bulldog something. And <laughs> his name is Brian. And like, he would talk and yes. he was like, 
he was like, I don't want to, he's like, you know, I don't really want a lot of attention, but like, it is true. Like I used to see Melissa when her and Joe were married. Like, and meet up in the parking lot. In the parking and she lot. she would please him. Yes. Yes. And he, yes. yes. And I have since unfollowed him. <laughs> unfollowed Bulldog. <laughs> because at this point I'm like, okay, I don't need to know anymore. But like, but yeah, he, and there was a lot of stuff about that. And it's like, and yeah, wow. I just, and, so, and also mm. like the, the things that bothered me most about them was like, they were so quick to like look down on Joe Judice yes. for the, the stuff, the, the crimes he committed. But like, do I need to remind everyone Joe yes. Gorga got his start because yep. Joe Judice taught him what to do. They're all doing it. They're all doing it. It's everybody. And not, and not only that, Joe Gorga forged his parents' signature allegedly on yes. the loan yes. to get the money. His parents yes. did not even know. He yeah. put his parents' house up for collateral. Yes. Yes. yes, he did. Yes, he did. You don't mess with your parents like that. Like, that's so wrong. Yeah. And, and that kind of stuff is, re- if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if somebody researched that and showed the documents, but yeah, I'm it's- so glad that you remembered that because it's like, do y'all forget? Like you said, he, they looked down on Joe when like, uh, you were doing the same thing. The same thing. And that's why I think that they were like, so like they all wanted to separate themselves from Teresa because they all are shady. I mean, the Manzos oh. are literally in the mob. So, so. That, that, that's what you mean when you say separate. Oh, so you meant that way. Like she's getting caught up now with the uh-huh. let's separate. Oh, got you. Got I you. mean, okay. seriously, like, and, and even the Loritos. And the Manzos, yes. <laughs> yes. The Manzos are allegedly in the mob. The Loritos, um, allegedly Chris would, you know, start these companies yep. and, um, yeah. and then, like, you know, it happens. Sometimes they don't get successful and you have to file bankruptcy. But a lot of times he would like bleed the companies dry and then, and then yeah. file for bankruptcy yep. so that he could have the money for his house payment or whatever. And yep. it's like, that's not cool. That's not what you're supposed to do. Like, that's not what you're supposed to use that for. <laughs> right. Like, it's not your seven year clean every, every year. Like we've all been through, I know, I know for me personally, young, dumb, stupid, I, I went through it. And that's something I would never, ever want to go through it again. Does it sound appealing? Oh, you mean they wipe all my debts? Uh, but who wants to do that? Like in those seven years, you're like, who wants to like rack up debt like that? Like I personally wouldn't be able to sleep at night. No. And they do it on purpose. They, yeah. they, they start companies knowing, yep. well, we'll just spend all this money and whatever, we'll just file for bankruptcy and then it's going to be fine. Like that's their, that's their business plan. And my it's old- like, my old job, I think it, it was my super, it was my vice president. Um, she was telling me about her, um, cause it was, that was probably like 2010, no, 2011. It was before her and I had gotten really close cause I was close with her daughter. But so we were talking and she was, um, no, I, I didn't file for, it didn't happen to me until I got lost. My job got fired in 2011. So she was telling, I forget why we were on the subject. Oh, she gave me, she wanted me to get her some medicine. Like we were very close. So I was running out to the store. She gave me her card and she was like, oh yeah, this is a secure card. Yeah. Um, I had to uh, rebuild my credit up too. When I went through my divorce, she said she had to file bankruptcy. And at that time in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I, because bankruptcy has such a negative connotation. Right. I was like, I would never 
or whatever. But I remember her saying, I was so embarrassed. I had to start out with a secured card. You know, my credit is good now, blah, blah, blah. She said, but my, I believe it was her brother-in-law. She said he does it every seven years faithfully. She said he's, he will go buy a boat, like upgrade the boat. He'll, and here's another trick. They'll do all that. And so, you know, if you buy stuff within two or three months and then file for bankruptcy, it looks suspicious, right? Right. So what do you do? You get a credit card, like somehow in seven years, you have this, you build up your credit card with this big limit and you buy a lot of things or you pay your student loan off, which is not dischargeable normally in a bankruptcy, pay loans off with the credit card and then you file bankruptcy <gasps> on the credit card. Oh my God. Now everything. And she right. said he would do that. Over oh and gosh. over and over and over. And I was like, so I remember that had to be like 2010, 2009, because then when I went through it in, 20, in 2011, I was like, I would never want to ever go through this. Nobody again. wants to. I yeah. didn't have to go through bankruptcy, but I got myself out of like a shit ton. Sorry for cursing. No, no, you're fine. I, like a shit ton of credit card debt because I... I was, I just like, I'm really bad with money. I cannot be in charge of it. It's, it's, do not <laughs> give see, me anything. <laughs> at least you know that though. How yeah. many people we know that? It's like, I, I've started making myself be accountable for every penny I spend every day. Cause it gets easy to do that. Yes. Oh, this, I have a problem with lip glosses and lipstick. <laughs> I was telling Monty. So I will buy three lipsticks in a week that are like $20 each. Like, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Yeah. You can't, nobody can even see them because they're under a mask. mask. Oh my gosh. I know. And I just, I I guess like, I think my issue came from like, and I think it's the same thing as the the people on New Jersey. It's like not keeping up with the Jones. They were like keeping up with the Joneses. I know what you mean. It was like going away to college and I had never been around people with like serious money before. Okay. And for the first time I have friends that are like, their parents are paying for them to go out of state in like (sighs) in full, no loans. So obviously they have money and like, they're going to the bar and they're like, Oh, it's fine. Like my parents pay my credit card bill. So they're just buying whatever. And I'm like, I'm eating like peanut butter sandwiches, like hoping for the best. Right. Yes. And I was never like struggling, but I was trying to keep up with, like, I would go to the, go to the, um, go to spring break. Like I had no business paying a thousand dollars for that on my credit card. Yeah, That's what got me in trouble. And it wasn't for me, it wasn't like a need. Like I wasn't doing it to like save my family or anything like that. I was just being stupid. So like, and then I regretted it immediately. So like, I can't imagine doing that willingly being like, I'm just going to rack up some debt and it's fine. I'll just deal with it later. It's like, no, it's horrible. That feeling of not knowing how you're going to pay your bills. It's horrible. And especially when it's like, when you realize just how important credit is and even millionaires have credit cards because they want, this world is built. Like they want you to, it's, it's almost, I was explaining it to my son. who's very good with his money. He got his first credit card. I made him an authorized user on one of mine. That way it could kind of show a long history. So um, I'm there. I've been very big on teaching them how to manage their money, especially being, being in the entertainment thing. So I would break down. This is how much you got paid for that job. They take um, 15% off the top of everything a child earns and you have to have a bank account set up for them. So that way yeah. you don't blow all their money. So then I would tell them about taxes. I said, so if you want, if you think you're getting a job and the job pays $10,000, you're not getting. And I taught when he was 11, I gave him a blank checkbook. And I said, when, when, he, when they would book jobs, I would keep their money in my account. Now they have their own, 
But I would say you write down every single thing you spend and I would have him write because I wanted him to be better than I was. I don't want them to blow through money with, you know, they have wonderful opportunities in front of them, whether it be in entertainment or not, you know, so they're, I will say um, him and my two, my, my youngest, they are very, very, very good with their money. My son opened his save and savings account so he could save up money. So like all this money he got for graduation, since he didn't leave, I'm like, yeah, that might be money that you might want to get. I said, cause we're, we're going to be paying for your life there, but your little 399 lattes every day, right. I'm sure you probably want, you're going to need to handle all that. Right. Like and that's your discover extra. card. Yeah. Right. Now I don't, don't tell him, do not do what I did. I'm like, it, I think last year or two years ago, is when I like finally paid like everything off. And I was like, this is that Chipotle I ate 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, finally, I'm getting out of yeah. it. But it's like that stuff where you're just like, I mean, you're young, you're, you know, you don't realize the weight of it, but like you're, like you're doing such a good thing teaching them like what to do. Because honestly, like, I mean, my husband, obviously like his, he's, he's like the opposite of I am. He's like okay. very careful. And like, I'm glad we balance each other out that each other way. Out. You probably yeah. help him have fun and say, you know what? You work hard. It's okay to treat yourself. Yes. And he may, and he may be telling you, Amanda, you cheated yourself Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, can we just today not like, I know what right. you mean. Yes. And like, I don't know how the girl, had they slept that night knowing with this balance over their head. Like, I know the, the house is what really bothered me. So the yeah, house, okay. yes. the house they lived in on the show was like, so Joe used to build ha- homes and sell them. Yes, That's yes. His, that was his career. He was the yes. developer. So like, they built that house. You don't hear me opening a, a mini bag of pretzels. Okay, <laughs> they built the house for him to sell. And when they filmed the show or like filmed their desire to be on the show, that house wasn't even completely done. And they like basically filmed there like, hey, look at us. We live in this mansion. And um, it, it was a construction loan. And a construction loan is very different than a mortgage. You have a very limited amount of time to pay it back. Oh my God. I have like, I'm just going to say it's alleged, even though I feel like I've seen documentation, but I'm still just saying Mm -hmm. that. So we don't get sued, but like, but like, so they had a construction loan. It has to be paid back really quickly or the interest rate balloons. It's like a balloon payment. So when they get on the show, they move in. And the reason why you barely see their house inside is because they film in three rooms, Melissa's closet, the recording studio yes. and the kitchen and the kitchen. And that's, it. that's it because they don't have furniture in most of the house, which could be an Ariana and Tom situation where they just haven't gotten it all yet, right. but they're acting like this is my home. But it's like, you're not really supposed to be there, but you do own it, but it's a construction loan. You so have it's to pay not it a back. mortgage loan, right? It's not a, right. Mo- oh my so god. And I've had friends who have built how like, cause my husband knows people like in Baltimore who renovate or build homes. And sometimes they'll build a house thinking they're going to sell it. And they're like, oh shit, I love this. I'm moving in. So, but you can do that, but then you have right. to refinance it into an actual mortgage. mortgage right. <laughs> so if you remember like that one reunion where she's like, we're moving and everyone's like why are you moving you just like yes yes moved into this house that's your dream home and she's like because i don't want my kids to go to school with her kids and everyone's like you're stupid you can go to private school like what's wrong with you yes because she kept trying to make it seem like Teresa was a threat to her i remember this she's like i'm moving i don't want to be in franklin lakes anymore it's like no that's not or wherever they lived was it montville 
Was it, was it, I know Teresa's Franklin Lapes. Theirs might've been Montville. Well, I, I think wait, it's Montville. But okay. Okay. But it was very close. It was close. And then they ended up, remember they moved into, so they moved out. Yes. Yes. They yes. downsized. Guys, yep. Which is fine. They were still in a mansion. I mean, it was huge, but they downsized to probably like a four or 5,000 square foot home, which is still big. And <laughs> That's when Joe did his like garbage business where he yes. was doing the when shredding. They, yep, 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 yep. And she was so upset because he didn't tell her first. Mm-hmm. But they still have not sold that. Ha- like it's it's such a mess. They just the put it back. Thing. They just put it back on the market. They ended up renting it out for a while. Yes. Yep. And it's like remember, like we have to remember that like he built he did not build that house for Melissa. Like he likes to act like he built her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like no. And obviously Melissa has an issue with Teresa. Like when she renovated that home, (laughs) she's like, congrats on your redone home. Like, you know, it was, you know, it was shady. If you know Melissa, you know, it was shady. shady. Yep. And I don't, do you remember when, who was, when the, they were, they made selling in a part of the storyline and the realtor walked through and was like, well, this is not real wood. This is not, rem-. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do you do if you're, if you're building, if you're like building a home and you're a big, big, big builder or whatever, and you're building it like not really custom because you don't have a buyer yet, you're going right. to cut some corners. You're going to cut corners and make it. Yes. And then remember on the, 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 big thing he got caught up on Instagram last year when he posted that picture of acting like he was flipping a house and it was not. Yes. Yeah. So they're all, they're all shady, all of them. And it's like, I feel bad for Teresa because I do think she turned a blind eye to a lot of what Joe was doing, but like, look at their relationship. She's like, you're the husband, you're the working man. You're the one who's in charge of the finances. I don't pay attention. And it's like, yep. I think she learned a big lesson. It's like, you kind of have to look out for yourself a little bit there. And I think people now, you and I, right now, we went away to college and even people listening, even if you didn't go away to college, you may have moved out of your parents' home, specifically women. So, and even if you lived in your parents' home, you still may have been independent, meaning you got up, you went to work, you made your own decisions because maybe that's how your family raised you. What's funny is I was literally talking to my mom about this on Sunday. She came up on Sunday, my dad came up and I told her growing up, I always looked at her and my grandmother as independent. So now if something happens, like in my marriage, if something happens or my oil light comes on or I hear a noise, I can take it to the place and talk to them. I call my husband to consult him, but I make decisions. And my mom called me and said, I think of you as independent. We were just strong, which We'll talk about, because I want to talk about the Beverly Hills reunion when, when Garcelle said, people always think about Black women as being strong and that's not always a good thing. And so yeah. me and my mom were literally talking about that yesterday. She called me because she had been thinking about how I'm like, mom, I felt like you were so independent, blah, blah, blah. But she said she was strong. So I look at women like us. If we didn't know anything about Teresa, we could look at her and say, if she didn't know what her husband was doing, she's dumb because there's no way. But we got to remember how she was raised. Yeah. She was raised that you were the wife, the woman, of, and the man runs everything and you don't ask questions. Don't question it. Don't ask. Yeah. It's like, yeah. don't ask. And, and you know, I, I can't imagine being in a relationship like where I didn't know what was going on. Right. But it's diff. But it it's is different. different. 
Because your and mom didn't s- raise you that way. I'm sure your mom probably knows what's going on when you were growing up. You could see she was a partner of your dad. She was yeah. not, you know. Right. And because money is not my strong suit, that is more. <laughs> yeah. And we, right, we all do that in our marriage. But, right. Right. But I can't, but you know, but it, but it's just a different, it's a different kind of relationship and it's a different kind. Well, and I still, I have my own bank account. Like that's right, the thing. Right, it's like, if right. you keep, you know, if you keep things kind of, it, it's every relationship is different. So it's like, I don't, I don't believe that Teresa knew everything that was going right. on. I just and don't. Even though that's your husband, maybe the area he's taking care of, you're not blind to it. Right. He's not like, Amanda, don't ask what's in the account. Here's <laughs> right. your allowance. Right. It's like, right. Like you can, you can look and you can see like, and, and I, and I do believe that Teresa maybe knew things weren't always on like, yes, the, up, the and up, up and up. Yeah. But she probably didn't know exactly what was going on. Exactly. Exactly. I feel that. I I agree. I feel the same way. And I think I know Joe Judice and I think he would be the kind of person to be like, I don't want her to know because I don't want her to be responsible for it. Exactly. And honestly, even though people say, oh, they hate him and the things he did, I actually did not hate Joe Judice. And I think outside of the shady business dealings, once again, and in an Italian household, and it's very much like this. And I don't know, you know, you, you don't want to do stereotypes, but I know culturally, even in black homes, black men generally, you're taught, you don't talk about your feelings. You are the strong man, you're, you, you run your house, you make sure your wife, your kids are taken care of. And I know it's like that in an Italian family. So when people would basically be like, he's not showing any emotion, or he's not, I could sense that it was more of like, I felt like it was like an emotional block for him. You've been raised like this for 40 years. Yeah. You don't talk about, so yes, you're caught. And it's like, okay, it, to me in his mind, it was like, they know I did it. What more do I have to say? Right. I'm not talking about and Because also it's a mentality. I know I heard it growing up and I know other people, what goes on in your home stays in your home. So if something gets out, you don't further then go into depth and discuss it. Yeah. And he never wanted to be, I mean, he really, he supported Teresa. I think yeah. he's like, I think he is, a, he was, I guess they're divorced now, but he was a supportive husband to Teresa. I feel like he was going to do the show because it's what she yes. wanted, but he never wanted to do it. Never. It was wanted not to his do, thing. Nope, nope. And so no. I kind of had a little bit of a soft spot for him because I was like, I felt like he would have done the whole, all the time if the judge had allowed it or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so I, he I would have, yeah. Yeah. But, and I look at him differently than Joe Gorga. I don't necessarily like this whole picture of, I, I believe he loves Melissa. I mean, I hope he does in his family, but I just, I don't know. I just see, I just, everybody's like, Oh, Joe Gorga is the perfect husband. And you know, like when you hear, like I've listened to different podcasts and you hear different things and they're all just like, Joe, 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 Joe would never put his family. It's like, you just haven't gotten caught. No, he has not. Yeah. Because I'm not just like there's legal documents. Like you said, allegedly, even though we both see, cause I'm, I'm like in my mind, like remember reading that us weekly with the pictures of the, these documents, but I will say allegedly just because Teresa's has been put out there. And for whatever reason, the Gorgas was put out there and didn't pick up any steam doesn't mean, you know. Yeah. So I, that's that's funny. I think that's true. And I feel like I've seen a different side to Joe Judice on Instagram Me too, yeah. in Italy. And it's like, <laughs> I love to watch him like making his pasta. And yes. He posts, 
pictures of his girls. And like, I love, there was like one thing that he wrote that like made me love him more. Someone said something horrible and it was like, oh, your daughters soon are going to be like stripping on the pole. And he was like, okay, first of all, that's not happening. Second of all, there's nothing wrong with being a stripper. So don't insult <laughs> strippers. I'm like, thank you, Joe. Because he's like, you know, they have different goals, but if you right. want to be a stripper, go right ahead. Go like, right I'm not ahead. Gonna- right. Exactly. Like get out of here with that. Right. Yeah. And, it, and, and I liked it because it's like, he could have easily taken it like, no, not my daughters. I, they'll never do that. But he's like, yeah. but also it's cool if you want to do that. No, right, no disrespect. Right. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like Joe. I, I, I definitely do. I know people, we, 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 we tend to see what we want to see out of people or magnify the worst and not little things. So I like him. Yeah, me too. Well, I was going to do Beverly Hills first, but since we're already on the East coast, I want to jump over to New York. Okay. I, okay, when I talked to you last, the news of Dorinda's firing had been out. So I think we talked about it, right? Or, or well, not her firing, her separating from Bravo. I don't remember if the, I, we that's, knew I'm trying at to that think point. if we knew or not. I don't think we did know. Okay, so, maybe we I was, did. I was going to look it up and see the date ours came out versus the date that she announced it. But either way, I want to know how you feel about it. And did you feel one way before we watched the season finale? and then feel a different way after? That is such a good question. And now I'm remembering that when we talked, it didn't come out, but I knew about it before I put the episode out. So I mentioned it that's, in the first okay. part. That's, that's what right. it was. That's right, you did, okay, okay. So my first reaction was like, no, even though I'm not a huge fan of Dorinda, okay. just because like change is scary. And and she's not someone who I've been like, you need to fire Dorinda. Like okay. I am, you okay. know, so like Kelly Dodd. But mm. um, so first I was sad. Then I was like, you know what? It probably is her time to go only because she doesn't seem to be enjoying herself at all. No, She's not having a good time with anybody really. I mean, she has her moments and she was really certainly likable after Tinsley left the season, but she still kind of went back like in Mexico insulting (sighs) Luann when it wasn't Luann. And it's like, and then the end, the end scene, I struggle with it because, okay. First, I was like, well, thank God she did this because this episode was boring. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, why is she obsessed with Tinsley? But then I read someone who was like, why are we mad at Dorinda? Like Tinsley really did abandon the show in the middle of the season. She left them high and dry. The season was horrible after Tinsley left. Mm -hmm. It was only five people. It doesn't work with five people. With five, no. She really did like... She did what was right for herself, but she did not fulfill her contract, her contract. And like Dorinda's kind of right. Like Tinsley Mm -hmm. didn't screw them over. If Dorinda had said that, but she didn't treat Tinsley like shit, (laughs) I would have been like, yeah, she's absolutely like, yes, Dorinda's right. Like, don't talk about Tinsley. She ruined the, she ruined the season or whatever. Like I get it, but she treated Tinsley like crap. You can't now. Right. It's it's like, and, and you, you, you said it at the end of the season, you could have very well said it that when you were going off. So to treat her like that, you could have just said, I have anger issues because, and, and, and honestly, even then though, Tinsley hadn't left yet. So why were you treating her so nasty? She hadn't she even was, left yet. She was being so rude. And like the fact that when Tinsley was trying to say like, oh. guys, I'm, I'm really happy and I'm going to be with Scott and everyone's just like, 
talking amongst themselves, I ignoring so, her. I was like, oh, and I like that that um, that scene. I, I like that Tinsley didn't back down when Dorinda thought she was gonna like say something to her and Tinsley's like, oh, really? Really, Dorinda? Like, I was like, that's right, Tinsley, stand up for yourself. She's not gonna hit you or she's not gonna, but I was, and, and then when Ramona was like, it's just easier. I'm just gonna do what Dorinda says because it's easier. I'm like, you are a 60 plus year old woman and yeah. you think it's, that's because it's convenient for you if it was concerning you. Well, I, so do you think that her behavior at the end kind of made you, it, it made you think differently of her leaving? Like, okay, like you said, maybe it's her time to go or maybe it's. I mean, it wasn't like, the thing that I struggle with so much is that I feel like there are there are bigger fish to fry. Like there are yeah, people yeah. who I really feel like we need to be done with. Okay, okay. On Housewives and like, yeah, it's probably best for Dorinda to go for her own sake, but I don't necessarily agree that like Bravo should have chosen like Dorinda as the person. I see, which as, as done yeah, with. almost as the shift that people are saying that New York needs. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and maybe that's just me because I have a personal issue with other people. Yes. But so I'm trying yeah. to be trying to be objective there. But it's like I just feel like Ramona doesn't show anything about her real life. At all like at all. We may see Avery. I mean Maybe, like barely. We don't even really see that. And like you know, obviously we had yeah, we had that one dinner with Mario and Avery. Right, okay. Right. All right. So it's interesting to see. I guess it's, it, I'm more interested in the Leah Rob dynamic because they have a daughter who's, you know, a, not a, not an adult. Right. So they're right, they're like, right. They're co-parenting. Older, and they're right. very close with her being older. It's like sometimes normally you're, you're, you do that when they're younger, but we see they're still close. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't have divorced parents, so it's hard for me to say, but I feel like mm-hmm, a lot of too. my friends that have divorced parents, it's like they might come together for the big events, like the wedding and like things yes. like that. But like to just go to dinner with the whole family, like for what? Like on a Tuesday night. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, it's, I mean, yeah. she did show that, but other than that, it's like, what does Ramona have to show us? Another birthday party? I don't know. Yes, I just feel yeah. like we're done. We're done. And, and, and I am really angry with her about real life things. So that yeah. might be me just yes. having a personal issue. Whereas with oh, Dorinda, uh, yeah. I don't really have a problem with Dorinda and her actions in the real world. And the, and the, thing, yep. but, because I feel like, what we're seeing with Dorinda is is part of the sum total of her versus where Ramona, I feel like, puts on this face, this facade, you know what I mean? It's like, no, I don't even think some of, like, I, I believe that some of who she is is who she is, like the nastiness, but then when she's, like, when she's throwing the parties and, you know, the 50 girlfriends, it's like, mm-hmm. really, I don't even see you making time for that many, what, one-on-one? No. Because for them to be close to you, you would have have to had some one-on-one time. Like, I just... I don't see it. So I do, I feel like the bad parts of Ramona, unfortunately, are real. I also feel like every once in a while when you get the glimpse of, like when Bethany was sick that season and um, she was basically like hemorrhaging or whatever and Ramona went and just sat with her. I feel like that is Ramona too. But then it's, but it's that to me, it's just that, that part of her that just, uh, like oh my god like the, the um passive aggressiveness i couldn't stand you're gonna send a text to dorinda but you can't back it up you're gonna yeah she, she walked out of leah's party with elise it's like that part disgusts me if this woman was your friend for years now i don't when she said i don't know you i was like 
I don't know who you are. She doesn't care about any of these people. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, the thing. that's what it is. That's what it is. Because I think early on she did. Like yeah. she saw the women as like her friends. I don't even see her and Sonia really being like close anymore. Anymore, nope. And like, I think Luann was right to be so like baffled at that, that one dinner in Mexico where she's like, I don't understand you like now are like to Ramona. She's like, now you're like not apologizing to Dorinda, but it's like, you're backing down. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like that's weird. Cause one thing about Lou, Lou will take the hit. She will take the shot and keep it moving. And that's the difference with her and like some of the other ones. And she'll take it just like, um, and I think that also plays into what sometimes infuriates them about her. Like, remember when Bethany was going off on her in Miami and Lou was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> you know, when you're full of fire like that, you kind of want somebody, like, I know if I'm upset with my husband and I'm like saying something, it's like, yeah. oh, you, oh, oh, you don't have nothing to say back? Yeah. Now it's yeah. like, it makes you ah. more mad. I yeah. know, I know. So, but that's, I also in turn think that's her strong suit, but then sometimes, and you know how you think about these people, like as if not that they're your friends, but their lives outside of the cameras. I often wonder if she lets herself feel emotion like that scene where she was crying, but people say they didn't see any tears. I genuinely think she really felt something inside. But again, that wall, like if she's the horrible things that they say to her on the show, and we've never seen her crack before that comes from years of building a tough exterior. So she may have truly felt hurt by what Dorinda said, but the tears are like refusing to leave her right. mind. My mother-in-law, when my youngest sister-in-law got married, we we would always say, I had never seen my mother-in-law cry ever. And I had been with my husband at that point when she got married, like 16 or 17 years. I had never seen her cry. The most I've ever seen her cry was when uh, my father-in-law passed suddenly, uh, not this year, but last March. I, and and then me and my husband were together for eight. It was 18 married, 19 together. So never seen her cry. So we go to look at wedding dresses for my sister-in-law like three or four years ago. And we're like, she's like, mom, are you going to at least show some emotion? And she's like, I don't know. So she puts on her dress and we finally see her. And my mother-in-law's going like this. And guys, you can't, you can't see, but she's squeezing her eyes together. And she's going, I'm trying. I can feel it inside, but... I'm trying, nothing will come out. And then later on, as we're talking, it just kind of like, it just act, I guess it was a buildup. Yeah. And so that was the first time. And then, like I said, my father-in-law passing last year was the second. So you're talking 18 years last year of marriage and 19 together. And I had only seen my mother-in-law. Wow. So I feel like that's like a, a Luann. So I felt like in that moment, she, her insides probably felt like that, but it was like her body was like, no, 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 no. Right. I don't think she was like faking it. I just, yeah. yeah. I it mean, just was I, funny though. She's like, yes. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I loved it. I, that me whole, too. that whole trip was, was crazy to me. I, I missed like the beginning of the season when I felt like things were going on. I don't yeah, know. I thought Dorinda was going see, and and that's another thing talk about putting yourselves in these shows when Dorinda like yanked the door when she was trying to get out. I was like, you really think you're gangster, don't you? I know. You really think that could have been a big, that could have been a huge fight. If that was in Atlanta. Yeah, that wouldn't, that would not have (laughs) gone very far. Oh my gosh. But Luann, Luann, I feel like Luann is kind of, Oh gosh, it's so hard because I feel like all of the, 
OG. I mean, and Dorinda, I kind of lump in there in Sonya too. too. Like the four of those women, I feel like they don't really have much of a story at all. Exactly. But Luann and Sonya still have fun with whoever they're around. So I feel like they could keep them in the mix. But Ramona, it's like, she's not having fun with it. She doesn't want to be there. She She doesn't want to. Exactly. It's totally different. It's not even like, even about age, let's say, say Dorinda was full-time at Sirius XM. They could have filmed that, show how she got the job, showed her filming. So it would show her doing something. And I believe that if they keep, I've heard people say have Leah and let's say somebody Leah's age and then keep Luann and let's say Sonia and Ramona. You need a person who is like, has a young vibe to them yeah. That like a city vibe to them, like Leah, but that can also identify a little with, with Luann and with Sonia. I don't think those two groups together, you got to have a bridge, which is why I think Tinsley was very good because Tinsley was raised in that you don't do this, you know, almost like that etiquette type, like Luann. Yeah. Like, you know, and then she could still have fun with. Right. Leah. Like she was, she was like the high society New York girl. Yeah. Pro- you know, like we definitely need someone who can fit in with Leah, but still maybe like, has a summer house in the Hamptons, like, and is in that kind of a crowd yes, because yes. that's the thing. Leah doesn't really like get along with the, like yes, that. She's like, yeah. I'm not really impressed by your friend's giant mansion. Ramona. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't exactly. care. I, I don't that. care about that. And I yeah. feel like we need to have, th- let the issue be like that. I don't care about that. And not the age. Cause I'm so tired of the younger ones. Like, Oh, I'm so happy. I'm the only one that gets my period or I'm, and it's like, right. And you're the one ripping out tiki torches also. So that also speaks to something. Right. So it's like, right. girl, like get out of here. But we already know my thing, you know, with the whole with Leah, Leah thing. So it's like, I know. I'm yeah, trying though, but you know. <laughs> I definitely don't think it's about age because there are definitely women who are Leah's age who are super into that, like prim and proper. Yes. I'm a Hampton socialite. And yeah. I, you know, I do everything like this way, like Ramona, but they're just young. So I don't, I do think Leah it you know she it is a little bit about the age their difference but i yeah, don't think yeah. leah is gonna like turn into ramona when she's exactly exa- exactly she's still gonna probably be that downtown with the cool vibe right. I, and the same friends it, it's just like a different type because you look at like anini who's over 50 cynthia who's over 50 they're not that far from Ramona, but they act totally different. Yeah. And I feel like Ramona's like even dressing like the 80s. Like, girl, where are you going? I know. Like, like <laughs> when she had that coat on, Le- leaving Leah's, and it was like falling off her shoulder. And oh she's like, well, gosh. I was like, she loves, she's so proud of herself. When I was talking, I was talking to Moni yesterday because she came on my podcast. Yes, I told you so, she would. So I'm going to like put that out probably either later today or tomorrow. But when we were talking, I was like, was Leah, I was asking her, did she think Leah's um, party was supposed to be the original finale? But with Ramona like leaving, oh. it like kind of screwed everything up because like, I just felt like the last episode was so weird and it would, yeah. Leah's party would have made a lot more sense, I feel like, as yes. a rap party. It, it definitely would have made a lot more sense than this bingo. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I'm all about the drag queen bingo. Bingo, like that, yes. That, yeah. Oh, totally. But the whole episode just felt like it was like an epilogue. Like it was yes. like, wait. Yeah. Because Elise went to Leah's party and that would have been a good confrontation right. for the finale. Right. And, and like families were there. Like, I don't know. I just felt... It just felt like that was a rap party. Yeah, the last episode was more almost like 
even though I didn't watch the full season when they did that with LVP and then they filmed that scene afterwards in the, um, they all had a lunch together. Like after it's like, yes, really like, like this is weird. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that's true for sure. It just felt like nothing really happened in it the definitely last did. episode. But you're right. It definitely did. Cause it, it could have spoke to Ramona leaving and, Elisa's title card would have been like having talked to or, or Ramona's title card would have been like having. So I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Well, so I was listening to Michelle Collins's podcast, um, Midnight Snack. She, this past weekend, went out to Connecticut and I forget what part she named. She was talking to the girls from Comments by Celebs and she, wait, was she? Cause she has like a co-host on in the beginning, but then her interviews come on. She was either talking to her co-host Dan. No, I think it was, she was talking to the girls and she said that she knows Dorinda. So she DM'd her that she was out oh. there and she went to Bluestone Manor. And <gasps> oh she my said, gosh. She said things were talked about, of course. And of course she would never like say anything she shouldn't, but she thinks that it's okay to say this. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed it. I will see you tomorrow for part two. Bye now.